The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. There's a Jew I know, his name is David Lukens. David Lukens, he worked for uh, Senator uh, Moynihan for many years. He's a pol- Jewish political activist, a religious Jew. And I once heard this story from him. Very inspiring story. You know, the first black African-American member of Congress of the United States of America was a woman named Shirley Chisholm. She became a member of Congress in 1968. Remember, 1968 is a very short time after the civil rights movement took root in the United States. (coughs) Short time after... uh, Dr. Martin Luther King was assassinated because of his fights, fights for civil rights. So Shirley Chisholm was elected in 1968 to represent New York's 12th district. And she lived in Brooklyn. She lived in the Crown Heights section of Brooklyn. Not everybody in the South liked that a black and a black woman was now a member of the United States Congress. So in Yiddish it's called Matuntegestalt Fislach, which means some senior members of Congress really obstructed her path to success. Shirley Chisholm, who died in 2005, was a very energetic woman, very charismatic, and she had a big vision, you know, to reform the United States of America through legislation in Congress. But certain members of the Senate assured that her path to success would be extremely slow. What did they do? They assigned Shirley Chisholm to the Agricultural Committee. Now, how much agricultural produce happens in Borough Park, Crown Heights, Williamsburg, and Queens, right? How much of the agricultural output of America happens between 13th Avenue and 14th Avenue? Farms have not been there for a very long time. You can go to other states. So they put her living in Crown Heights as part of the Agricultural Committee. So what is she supposed to do? Bring in some chickens and crown... (laughs) They thought that in that area she would have very, very little influence. She was a congresswoman from 1968 to 1983. In 1983, she retired. When she retired, they made a party, a goodbye party. David Lukens was at this party because he knew her. And I heard from him the story. She got up and she shared those moments in 68 when she was so frustrated. She felt it was basically what they call race politics and Southerners who did not like her. And they wanted to really undermine her and crush her. And uh, because she was in this agricultural committee and not much was going on, they started to question her ability to influence the legislative agenda and to have any significant impact in New York. And she was very, very angry, frustrated, depressed, with the, depressed and simply annoyed with the system. And apparently the House leadership was not very attentive to her cries. So here she was, and she felt, you know, she made it, and yet she was completely stuck. This she's sharing at her goodbye party in 1983, this African-American woman. And she says, one day, 
she gets a call from a man, and he introduces himself as a secretary of the Lubavitcher Rebbe, who lived in Crown Heights, New York's 12th district. This is 1968. And she knew who he was. You know, she lived in Crown Heights. And she once met him a few years ago to ask him for his endorsement, but he didn't give an endorsement. He wouldn't give political endorsements to this one or that one. But he would, you know, they met and he blessed her. So she knew who he was and she says, why does he want to see me? I don't know. He asked if you could come to his office and see him. She said, fine. So this black congresswoman comes to see the Lubavitcher Rebbe in 68, a short time after she was elected and after this whole all these political maneuvers that really annoyed her uh, happened. And she says, I come into the office, and the Rebbe looks at me and says, I know that you're very upset, aren't you? She said, absolutely, absolutely, I'm extremely upset. I'm insulted. I feel denigrated. They defame me for no reason. I'm a good person. I want to help America. I want to help the Congress. So the Rebbe said, why are you so upset? She said, the southern politicians and the house leadership appointed me to become part of the agricultural committee. What am I supposed to do with that? Start distributing carrots to donkeys in this Bronx Zoo? What am I supposed to do with the agricultural committee? So she said, the Rebbe looked at me and said, wow, what a blessing and opportunity God has given you. You were placed in a position by divine providence where you can do something about food supplies. And I want to share something with you. This country has so much surplus food. Do the research and you will find out how much surplus food there is in this country. This country also has a lot of people who go hungry. Why don't you make a shidduch? He didn't use the word shidduch. Why don't you make a match between these two? You can use the gift that God has given you to feed hungry people. Now find a creative way to do it. And you'll help two groups. You'll help the farmers who are throwing away so much food, and you'll help the hungry people. This is not something to be upset about. This is something to celebrate. She begins her tenure, her service, on her first day in Washington, D.C. She meets U.S. Senator Bob Dole. You remember Bob Dole from Kansas? He was a farm state politician. Later, he was a Senate majority leader, presidential candidate. And they get into a conversation. And Bob Dole tells her, you know, I have a problem. What's your problem? He says, Midwestern farmers have a crisis. And I feel it's my responsibility to help these farmers because they're losing money on their crops. She says, what's going on? So Bob Dole explains to her that Americans started to purchase produce from Cuba. And therefore... A lot of imports are coming from Cuba. The farmers have a tremendous amount of surplus. It affects their parnosa, their economic state, because they're not making the money that they need. All this food is going to waste. The farmers have all this extra food. We don't know what to do with it. 
And she says this, she says, and suddenly I remember the rabbi. And I look at him and I say, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to start a program where hungry people get food. And of course, we all know this. It's called food stamps. (laughs) And a program that was just in its infancy, she developed, she expanded the National Food Stamp Program, and it allowed poor Americans to buy, till this very day, subsidized food. And then in 1973, the Agriculture Protection Act, the Agriculture Customer Protection Act mandated that food stamps be made available in every single jurisdiction in the United States of America. This was because of Shirley Chisholm. And then she created the famous program called the WIC program. Women, infants, and children. And basically, they wanted that all high-risk pregnant women and their infants and their children, who often went starving and didn't get the food and the nutrients and the nutrition they needed, should be able to get all the food they need. And basically, Shirley Chisholm in the House and Bob Dole in the Senate, the person she met that first day, they championed the idea, and they got Congress to approve a pilot project that would be administered by the United States Department of Agriculture. It wasn't easy. There was a lawsuit, and they didn't want to do it. There was this opposition and that opposition. But basically, she fought, and over the next few years, she was completely successful. I think today, maybe close to... Uh, 10 million people receive WIC benefits every month, according to the U.S. government, and that's beside the food stamp program. So David Lukens tells me, he says, she gets up at the goodbye party, and she tells this whole story. And he said, these were her words. She said, my career became a success story. Till today, people thank me for the food stamps, for the WIC program. But I want you to know, I owe the credit for this because there was a rabbi who was an optimist and he taught me that what you may think is a challenge and what you may think destroyed your life and what you may think was done to you as revenge to get you, if you can change your perspective, you'll see it was a divine gift. And then she concluded her words, I quote, And if poor babies, if poor babies have milk, and poor children have food, it's because this rabbi in Crown Heights had vision. That's how she concluded her words. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.